everybody's how's everybody's week been going i imagine it's been going good been chilling i've been chilling we've been doing you know we've been doing it up i've been uh listening to a lot of new things yeah you know i've you know got into uh freaking got into the uh what do you call it righteous gemstones righteous gemstones is great i was that's gonna be a part of a segment i'll introduce later called uh sleeping slept on sleeping on it i haven't we haven't i haven't ironed out a title exactly the the place where you sleep i don't know something that you slept on it's called slept on i i tend to be the kind of person that doesn't like necessarily uh latch onto things right when everybody else jumps on it uh i don't know i guess you could say a little bit of a hipster but i never really liked that kind of style i only recently started growing out the beard for the longest time i was like fuck all the people with beards fuck beards fuck hipsters hate it nothing don't want anything to do with it don't like fucking mumford and sons if that's i don't even know if that's really hipster or what don't like that shit (laughs) um but, uh, <laughs> you know, fuck that shit. And, you know, me and my friend Robert were always like that. We were always like, fuck that shit. But, you know, decided to grow it out. But anyways, back to the hipster thing. Yeah, I usually tend to not, I, I tend to not jump on things right when they come out. So, and I saw trailers for the Righteous Gemstones, like, however long ago that came out. Um, and I was, I just like fell in love. Well, not fell in love, but I was like, holy crap, I have to see that because you know i'm a big i'm a big workaholic fan big workaholic fan love adam devine um or divine you know i've always liked danny mcbride and the things that i've seen him in but i've like I'm, i haven't ever, i've never watched east side uh east side or east uh what is it east 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 side and down east down inside what is it what is it what is it eastbound and down what the fuck was i east side and <laughs> Yeah, east side, eastbound and down. I'm just gonna keep east side, east side, east side and east side, <laughs> eastbound and down. I never watched that. I didn't watch any of his other shows. You know, seen him in tons of the, you know, like Pineapple Express, like tons of the Seth Rogen stuff, but never, you know. So, and then of course John Goodman. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, are you kidding me? So. That when I saw all three of them and the fact that they were all going to be pre- like, you know, like mega church, 
priests or whatever pastors or whatever uh i i was like what a great show what a great concept and it hasn't let me down uh to say the least but that will be segment i'll talk down talk about later talk about later we'll get we'll get more in depth with that later um but yeah i was just you know we're just chilling just you know wanted to see how you guys are doing there's been a lot of crazy crap that's been going on recently a lot of rumblings a lot of tumblings you know i'm a big you know, I think I've talked about this in the previous podcast. I'm a big video game guy. Uh, I'm a big, you know, music guy, you know, technology guy, you know, ever whatever, you know, news, all that stuff. Give it to me. Put it in my mouth. Get it, get it down the gullet. You know, I'm like a seal with fish with that shit. I'm actually not really, but yeah, so you know it is what it is that's just it's just interesting you know the different moves like one of the things that people have been talking about recently that i it's interesting that people kind of read it like this uh but you know recently uh sony acquired bungie right right after microsoft acquired activision you know activision blizzard what a crazy like that for at least me, semi-personally, but also just in general, was kind of like the craziest like video game corporation buyout move. I mean, since Bethesda, but since since like Minecraft, like M Microsoft has been building and really like going after the, these studios and trying to like coalesce stuff. I'm guessing around like the Game Pass and like their services model that they're trying to push for and all that stuff. And, uh, and so when it was like Activision Blizzard, you're like, whoa, what the fuck? You're like, that's a crazy, that's a crazy get, right? And everybody, I heard like tons of different people right after that happened, they're like, well, what the fuck Sony gonna do? Sony has to make a move. Like Call of Duty's big on PlayStation, you know? It's like PlayStation's the biggest console. Most people got it. Guess what's on, you know, one of the most popular games is Call of Duty. And that's a big, you know, what's gonna happen with that? Nobody knows. Everybody's like, what are you, you know? And so people were like, Sony has to make a move, you know, but Sony doesn't really have, doesn't quite have the capability Microsoft does to throw money around like crazy. You know, it's not like when you look at it side by side, really like it's astronomical. And so everybody, you know, I don't know, it, go, it goes back and forth, right? And so Sony doesn't have that kind of to throw around. So I was sitting there right after Microsoft did that. And I was like, well, sure. Yeah, like Sony should, I guess, do something. I don't know. Um, to be competitive in so much of the sense. But like, what are they going to do? Who are they going to be able like, what's a competitive move? And then boom, however many weeks later, freaking Sony's like, oh, buy Bungie. And everybody's just like, oh, man, look at that burn checkmate. Bull. And you're like, you sure? Really? I mean, I know Bungie left Microsoft after their contract that they had and everything, but it's like, it's everybody's acting like, like Sony is the rapper that like fucked your girlfriend. And that is like not the situation at all. Sony is literally the guy, like the safe dude down the road that the girl 
got with later because they were with this like crazy ridiculous machine beforehand and they had to get out weird analogy i know but like that's that's really what it is i don't like everybody thought it was such a burn back to microsoft and i i just kind of didn't get that take i really didn't understand it i was like one like if you look at the fucking numbers like sony bought bungie for 3.6 billion microsoft bought activision for 69 you know what the, what the, what the, what the, who, who's playing? Who's talking? What's happening? <laughs> it's crazy volume playing on my goddamn podcast. Uh, but yeah, so you look at the numbers, you got like, okay, Sony bought Bungie again for 3.6 billion. Microsoft bought Activision for 69 billion. That's literally, it's like, astronomically more money and it's such a bigger like you're talking about activision blizzard two when they got together two monoliths of the video game industry that became a monolith that you could argue after they became a monolith kind of you know whatever and then they got didn't they get didn't they doesn't like 10 cent or something own like a chunk of them whatever it's just they became such a big entity and then microsoft an even bigger entity comes and buys them. That's crazy. And just even the money being thrown around is just like, I mean, 3.6 billion is nothing to fucking, you know, scoff at, but it's not like when people were comparing these directly, in a sense, it is competitive. It's a good move for Sony. Bungie's a good studio. I mean, Destiny has proved that it, you know, they can make something else. They can continue it on. Now, I'm not, I don't play Destiny. I've, I don't think I've ever played Destiny. I don't even think I've really tried. Not for a lack of, ooh, fuck Destiny. It was more, I've, you know, I, at some point when you play video games, you kind of have to prior, you kind of have to pick stuff you have to like i'm gonna play this game and i'm not gonna play this game because i just don't have the time and i think that's what i did at the time with uh destiny the first one and then you know by the time the second one came out and everything i was just like it seems like it's so long in the tooth you know should i even get into that so i never did uh, even though i was such a big fan of halo and the way it controlled and moved and i and i heard from a lot of people that they kind of continued that into in destiny you know expanding it but and so they're getting a lot of that talent there. So that I think is a good thing. And it's also another, because, you know, like Sony had Killzone as a first person shooter, but do they, I don't think they really have any other first person shooters that are in house, like, 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 uh, studios doing it. I mean, they have people that are doing shooters, but I don't know if you don't have like a dedicated, you know, uh, and so that I can see Bungie being a good move, especially, depending on what they do with destiny right but again i've also heard a lot of destiny people talk shit about what they've been doing recently with destiny and not you know allowing access to a lot of the old content because they're like moving you forward and that's the problem with these games as service kind of situations is you get stuck in a situation of oh you know like you can't you want to appeal to the original way and the nostalgia that people had for when this game was originally happening but you also want to update it and move it forward and it's a very like razor thin game to play because you do like one not even one wrong thing but a cascade of wrong things and people just get over it they're like i don't want to play this game anymore i'm over it i'm done you know but so that i just thought that that was a very weird take when it come when it came to that story in particular recently because everybody thought it was such a 
a, such a good it's it is a good play on sony's part but it's not like it's it's almost like not really comparable <laughs> in the in when you're talking about the money when you're talking about the businesses that they're buying when you're talking about like even what microsoft is going to do with that as as a compared to what sony is going to do with it i mean you know it's just such a different it's such a different conversation i feel like even though it seems like it's the same conversation because it is acquisitions of companies and you know it's not like you know it's probably not a great thing that all these companies are joining together, but we'll see. You know, I well, I remember because I've been a big Minecraft fan since forever. I was scared when my Microsoft originally bought Minecraft. I was like, oh, what the fuck? They're going to fuck this up. What are they going to do? And they ended up, you know, keeping it together and like they let Mojang kind of do Mojang and they kind and and slowly they've kind of coalesced all the versions of Minecraft in a way that they're kind of being almost updated similar, you know, similarly now. And it's just kind of to the stars from here. And then the fact that, you know, Minecraft has become like one of the top games to show off like RTX, which you never would have thought when it comes to like that technology. So it's pushing technology still be, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of wild. Um, but I was scared originally when Minecraft bought them, I thought it was going to be fucked. thought it was going to be over with, you know, whatever, but yeah. And then, so, uh, next thing on my docket that I was going to talk about uh, is the Steam Decks and the Switches and all of these little portable devices uh, that people have been playing video games on. I used to be a big portable guy. I'm a pretty big Pokemon fan, but I haven't played any of the recent Pokemon games. I stopped at Sun and Moon. Um, I have not played any of the Switch ones. I don't have a Switch. I was waiting... Excuse me. I was waiting to buy a Switch uh, because I'm a big Metroid Prime fan, specifically Metroid Prime, but even just Metroid in general. Though, and I was gonna buy it for Dread, but I just it didn't it didn't sway me as much as I thought it was going to, like visually and everything. So I just didn't jump for it. And I'm still waiting for Prime if that will ever materialize. Uh, and so originally I was gonna wait till Prime Four to get a Switch, um, just because. I, you know, I like Mario, I like, you know, Zelda, I like a lot of the Nintendo games, you know, Mario Kart's my jam, but like, I feel like half the time with these consoles, I buy consoles and I don't play them. Whereas like with my gaming PC, for some reason, I play a lot of the games, like I try to play through and get through and like do stuff with games. Whereas like, I, it's what happened to me with my PlayStation 4, it's why I haven't really considered buying a Xbox, a new, you know, an Xbox Series X or a PlayStation 5, mainly because beyond the um, exclusives, I don't really see a reason. And it's with specifically with my Microsoft, but even with Sony, like you're we're starting to get to a point where they're going to, they're kind of releasing some of these exclusive games onto the PC. Now it might be delayed, which kind of sucks. Uh, and, you know, those kind of things, but we'll see, you know, I mean, I think a lot of these companies are starting to realize that like the PC market is a big market that you don't want to leave on the table. And I think that's been a thing that's been growing recently in a lot of years. So, yeah, so it's just, you know, it's interesting. I was, I was honestly probably not going to buy a Switch for the longest time until Pokemon uh, Legends Arceus came out and I saw people playing that game and I was like, wow. And like, I can agree that that game's graphics look crazy. Uh, like the people and the Pokemon and some of the specific details with the cities look great, but the out outskirts area where they have to load in a lot of the Pokemon and the creatures, it's it doesn't look the best. It definitely looks very like PlayStation 1.5, maybe PlayStation 2E 
You know, it's very, it's on the edge. It kind of, it kind of very much reminds me of some of those old school games, but like playing them on an emulator. So it's like clear, you can see the really shitty <laughs> texture clear, but you know, um, but just the mechanics and everything that they did with that game, I, I, it surprised me. I was like, I can't believe that I'm like looking up the price of OLED switches right now. And then being like, oh, like everything else, it's like marked up 150 bucks unless I, you know, figure out when a store drop's going to happen or, you know, whatever playing that game. I've been playing that game all fucking year with the, you know, the GPUs and stuff, uh, but yeah, so that game impressed me. So it really got me interested in the Switch. And then right after all that happened, the Steam Deck is announced. And I completely forgot about the Steam Deck. I even forgot that Valve was even making it. And then seeing, you know, watching like Gamers Nexus tear it down, you know, a couple of the, you know, Linus Tech Tips videos, stuff like that, where they were getting into it. And I was thinking about, it kind of reminded me of when I originally got the 3DS uh, and how it was like, oh yeah, man, five hours of battery life. And you're like, it's not that much battery life. And then when you really think about it, you're like, it's like, oh, you're playing Devil May Cry or like a semi-modern game. Well, it's actually going to be like, you know, an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And you're like... That's kind of crazy because like when portably will you be able to use that without having to plug it back in? Like that was always my big problem. Like, and I understand it with these modern devices because, you know, you're dealing with like one, you have to support this crazy ass screen Two, you have to run these games and support these processors on battery technology that is catching up, but it's still not quite there when it comes to like capacity to size and like weight ratio. And so you're really trying to make this all, you're really trying to like stuff it all into like a box and make it work. And I think like, I just, I just remember the days of like, and I understand it's a completely different, like, you know, completely different, you know, device in a sense we're talking about. But in my mind, it's not just because it's portable. I go back to like the Game Boy SP days or like some of those old school things that used to last like several days a week, like a long time, at least a day, at least a day, at least like you know, give me at least half a day, 10, 12 hours. Okay. Right. F to make it make sense to me, like a car trip or a plane ride. Like if this thing's only going to last an hour, I'm just going to bring my laptop. You know what I'm saying? If I'm going to have to plug it in, I'm just going to bring a laptop. Like it's, I, I, I kind of don't quite understand what, they're doing with the steam deck exactly mainly mainly on that specific point everything else seems pretty dope like it seems pretty spot on great idea you know now it gives people access to one of the biggest gaming libraries ever portably as a as a launch of like a console you know and so that's an interesting concept because it's literally like oh wait you're fucking you just log in with your steam account and here you go you have all your games since forever and then i mean in the case of like streaming it inside your house I can see that being semi-viable, but like you can do that with your phone. Like you could find a way to do that. You could probably find a way to do that cheaper than a Steam Deck and still have all most of all the control functionality. Is the Steam Deck touchscreen? Um, because that's the only thing I would say. It does. Okay, so it's touchscreen. So that's maybe a little bit different, you know, because then you well, I mean, it's actually not that much different because if you're hooking up a controller to your phone, your phone's touchscreen. So what am I talking about? It's not different. So that's where it gets me with the Steam Deck. Whereas like when it comes with the Switch, and I know people kind of compare them because they're both like semi-portable, semi-not-portable consoles. But at least in the S Switch scenario, 
Nintendo has been kind of making devices that have been that have had this battery life for a while. And even then you can dock it. I don't know. Like for me, it's just I remember having like sitting there with my 3DS playing it and like it draining out like relatively quickly and being like, this sucks. <laughs> and I, I remember that being a sticking point in my head. And anytime I see these reviews of these new portable devices and they're out in the hours of use still haven't really gotten past that like f- you know five hour mark but even not because like the steam deck is like two to five maybe you know and it hasn't even gotten like i said to half a day like if we're getting to half a day then come talk to me kind of because beyond that like i don't i wouldn't really buy a portable console like this and the only reason i would buy a switch is because of the you know the uh what do you call it? The exclusives that are on the console. That's the only reason I would buy a Switch, really. Because beyond that, like, and even then, like I said, like, they have all these ton- tons of Nintendo exclusives that are actually verifiably wonderful games. And yet I still don't really care to have one. I mean, I'm like more excited by the new Pokemon game. I'm more excited by it. But like in the grand scheme of things, it's like not really like doing it like a crazy amount for me. And so I... You know, it's it's one of those things. It's a, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. So, you know, I don't know. But that's it just it kind of once all that all those stats started coming out and I, I hadn't even really looked up a lot of the Steam Deck stats beforehand. But when all that stuff started coming out, it just kind of it was interesting. I was surprised by uh, I was surprised. I was you maybe you could say let down maybe, but yeah, I was surprised just because it was it 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 just seemed interesting that they were gonna go this direction um, or not go this direction. It was seemed interesting that they didn't, you know, especially with how big that device is. Maybe put a bigger battery. I don't know. But again, I don't. You know, like I don't know. I've always been a person that likes more battery. Like I've this my the phone that I have right now is a Moto Power. It's the Moto G Power uh, that has like the five thousand mAh battery or whatever. And and it's heavy. It's hefty. It's a like you hit, you get hit in the head with this thing. It hurts. Like if you're like, yeah, it's, it hurts. <laughs> it leaves a little brute. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, man, this is the first one I've ever had that lasts like two or three days. Like I can, like, I don't have to worry about charging it. Like I still charge it every single night. But like, if I don't, I don't have to worry about it the next day. I could, I'll find a charger. Whereas like, I haven't been in that, like all of my phones die halfway through the day. Like I get through one work day, like 12 hours like roughly and it's dead it's gonzo um and that's with me most of the time listening to audio you know not streaming audio like downloading podcasts and listening to the podcast off the device you know and not like like downloading all the podcasts before the day and then listening to them all the next day like stuff like that and and so i just i would rather have a little bit more weight on an object and have a longer battery life than it be so light and so compact that it only lasts two hours (laughs) because then at that point in my opinion i would rather than buy a laptop where i could buy something that's significantly more powerful and still only lasts two hours but then i would wouldn't be more willing to plug that in plus it has a full keyboard plus it you know it has all these different features a little bit more upgradable like there's just you know there's a lot more things you can do with certain well certain laptops obviously there's a lot of laptops you couldn't do that with but you know, I, at that point, I would just get a laptop, you know, uh, even for gaming, you know, if I was going to game traveling, uh, 
you know, so, but yeah. And so it's interesting. I think it's interesting. I, I'm definitely interested in getting, playing the new Pokemon game. It's probably going to be a while before I do that. We'll see what they do. I think everybody's like, oh my God, this should be how all the rest of the Pokemon games are. We'll see. Cause you know, like <laughs> I've, you know, I've been a fan of Pokemon forever and Game Freak forever and all that stuff. And if you think that like, they because they're not very if you think that like oh man there's so many good things with this specific game they should carry those mechanics forward sorry to disappoint you but like game freak doesn't really do that <laughs> they like they kind of do that in some instances and in other instances they don't and like it's annoying honestly as a fan of pokemon and why it was one of the main reasons why i kind of got like just was over it like i was just kind of like you introduce all these interesting like tactics interesting things blah 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 and then you take them away in the next game and then you don't add an equivalent or something that is just as interesting maybe you thought it was interesting but it's not um and that's what kills me about the pokemon games and i hope that that's not the case with legends of arceus but uh, or arceus or whatever but i think i think i've always said arceus but you know like hopefully the next legends are legends game is like that I don't think they're going to make the mainline games like this, but they might. I mean, I know they had the open, even though I didn't play them, those like open like safari zones where you could see Pokemon walking around in like Sword and Shield and stuff. Um, and so, you know, they were kind of messing around with like having Pokemon out in an open area and that whole concept. But, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. But, you know, it's and then, you know, because what what's how much beyond the last thing with the Steam Deck? What how how much is it? Steam Deck, Steam Deck, MSRP, MSRP, Merserp. OK, wow. Four hundred for sixty four gigabytes, almost seven hundred dollars for five hundred gigabytes. Oh, I mean, like. Does it have, can you upgrade the store? If you can upgrade the storage, I bet you can put like, like SD cards probably or something like that in it. But I imagine those aren't quick enough or maybe they are some that are, uh, you know, like it's not really competing on the same level as the switch, the switch being like, you know, 350 max, you know, I mean, if you can get one at that price, but yeah. All right. And the next thing. We're going to go to is Alo, Halo, Halo Infinite, and the player drop-off that's supposedly happening and everybody's freaking out about. And I say supposedly because, you know, Microsoft hasn't really released their numbers. These are supposedly Steam numbers. And I've heard interesting theories about why this could happen that aren't doom and gloom per se. Uh, and that kind of makes sense. So according to this Tech Radar article... The game has supposedly, and I don't know, oh, this is via Business Insider. Uh, the game has supposedly had a 90% drop off of players. It peaked at almost a quarter of a million players, and now it's at about 30,000. Um, and that's pretty significant. And everybody's freaking out about it. You know, it's like, I don't even know, like 20th on Twitch, if I look. Real quick, it's 20th down there on Twitch or whatever. It's real low on the categories. Um, yeah, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Oh, these are... Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, really low on the categories. And a lot of people are like, 
that's kind of crazy because, you know, it's Halo. Like you'd think it would be more monumental. Uh, but a lot of people, you know, have been talking about how 343's kind of been messing up this game, especially when it comes to the progression and the cosmetics. And now I've been playing this game a decent amount. I played it a lot when it first came out, kind of fell off, kind of got back into it, been playing around some of the events and stuff, um, but not like every single day. Um, and I love how the game feels. I love how the game plays. I love everything. The, I, I love the gunplay. It's such a good, it, it reminded me of the most recent Modern Warfare that they released. Just that, that, it reminded me of that because that game was also very like, felt like I remembered it, but like added all of these things to the equation that were just kind of like made the movement. It just felt like a really good, competent first person shooter. And that's what Halo felt like for the most part. Like the only things that really made me mad, uh, were, um, the fact that you had, you would like, uh, you didn't have any collision with people that you were fighting against, like any of the other actual, like, you know, player characters in multiplayer games, you don't have any collision that bothered me because, and I think I didn't realize it, but in the past when I was playing Halo, I would like run up to people and physically like touch people as I was beating them. So I would like get really up into people's faces and get close enough to where then I could beat them. I don't know, maybe because it was my brain was thinking that would be the best way to do it. I don't know. But now, I guess for the longest time when I first started playing this recent Halo and I was trying to do that, I was just like, I was just going through everybody. I was just like, ah, and I was just like, crap. I was like, I have been missing tons of beat, beat downs, tons of different, like losing tons of battles because I'm like, tr I'm like running through a guy and then turning around like, like and i can't find them and then i'm like ah, 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 just trying to beat everything around me <laughs> and then i just get like just like knocked out by them by whoever i'm fighting uh i've gotten over that i've gotten like better at not i guess just like rushing people physically with the character as much as i used to i guess um that was the only thing that bothered me uh, i had a little bit of desync issues um and but that was mainly the only thing that bothered me i've never been the kind of person that really gave a gave gave a fuck about progression systems in video games mainly because most of them have not been good or not really been interesting if that's a better word to say they could be good but they're not interesting mainly because like for me a game is interesting when you unlock things that change the gameplay and kind of add things to the gameplay that you didn't necessarily have originally and that kind of change your mind when it comes to the gameplay and it kind of puts you in a completely different realm, you know? Uh, and I've, that's why I think I gravitate a lot more towards single player games in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and, but that's hard to do with a multiplayer game is have something that is, that allows you to unlock something later down the road that changes. The, and so it all, you know, it all, it ultimately always becomes like cosmetics, you know? And that's why it's boggled my mind kind of with all of the hate that people have given towards um, the progression system specifically, it wasn't great. It, like how slowly you leveled up and everything, it wasn't great. And I think it kind of put a lot more eyes on it. But like when I look at the battle pass and I look at a lot of the content, like there are better, better battle pa passes, but like in the grand scheme of things, like I was never the biggest fan of battle passes in general, just because I was never a big cosmetics person. I was always more of like a, like, like a, 
what's the strategy? How does this game feel? How does it play? How do I move the techniques? Like all that stuff. That's what I've always liked, like the gameplay and the mechanics and just how that all like melds together. Those are the things I've like, like, I like about video games. I don't really care about leveling up. I got, I think I've gotten over leveling up. I used to like leveling up. I used to be, you know, a fucking Pokemon Andy sitting there like, Pressing A all the time, just A, 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 getting carpal tunnel in my thumb, um, leveling up forever, you know, JRPG style, which now when I play video games, I absolutely hate. I'm like, if it's not fun to battle, like if the mechanics of the game aren't fun or fun enough to keep me interesting, interested, and then and I have to level up a whole bunch, then like, why am I doing this? And that's why there's some games that have really kind of hit that like good mark where you have to level up a lot, but you, it also feels good to play it. That's why I think like think games like kingdom hearts did so well, because it, even though it was so simple, it felt good to play. And so for me, even though it was very repetitive, it, it kind of wasn't like it, I would, I could sit there and level up in that game forever. Whereas like, there's a lot of other like JRPG style and even like, you know, Western RPGs that I'm just like, like, I think, you know, Bethesda's games are another example of games that are like, I, you really, or at least after Skyrim, Skyrim included, but you, you like how it feels and what you can do in the game. And that also helps like build your level and it kind of all coalesces in a, in a, in a solid way. Um, and so I've always liked that stuff. Uh, and that's, what's always boggled my mind about this halo thing. Getting back to the halo thing is like the game feels very good. I, I think instead of all this cosmetic crap and instead of focusing on a battle pass or any kind of progression system, they should have focused on more levels, more weapons, more vehicles. Those are the things that I care about. Like introduce stuff like that. Like sure, trickle those out over the lifespan of the game. But like, I would have rather been like, oh, hey, we're going to slowly introduce some of these cool mechanics into the game over time, see how they do, you know? And like, that would have been more interesting to me than like, Oh, they, the battle pass has like cool helmets or like what I thought they should have done is the battle pass they have now. They should have just given all of those, all of that equipment to everybody and then start making cosmetics that are crazy. Like you should, they should have given people enough of a baseline where you can, pr you could customize your character like decently, but not like crazy. And then you start releasing like the fucking flaming shit and the hologram things and wings. And oh, now we're doing a spy, like an Iron Man crossover or what, you know, whatever. Oh, here, Doom crossover. Like you start doing the Fortnite thing. Um, but like, yeah, it's just because it because the feeling that I get when I play Halo is kind of the same feeling that I get not when I play it, but when I go when I'm customizing my character, when I'm dealing with everything else around Halo besides being in the game, um, it feels like Forza because Forza to me, I would be driving through the world and I would run into like a destination or something and I would interact with it and I'd be like, oh, yeah, this race looks cool. Do it. And then it's like, oh, you can't do this. You need DLC cars. And I'm like, okay, well, then why is this on my map? You know, like, can I take this off my map so that I don't see these things? And a lot of these games are like, no, you can't. These are on the map. You have to have the DLC to do it. You can't do it without the DLC. And it aggravates me because then it's like, well, I don't even want to play your game because I don't know what content I can actually play in the game that I bought, even though in Halo you didn't necessarily buy the game, which is also another one of my, like, 
guys like you shouldn't necessarily give them a break but at the same time the game is fucking free um <laughs> so it's like you're complaining about something that's free but and you don't have to buy into the cosmetics even though in my opinion most of the cosmetics have been pretty shitty uh when it comes to halo but that's what kind of halo gave me the vibe of because i would be going through like all these different armor upgrades on the different on like the three armor cores we have now at this point and i'd be like oh i really want to do that thing it's like oh you can't you have to wait until like fucking bumfuck whatever level and i don't play the game enough to like get to the bumfuck whatever the fuck level and it seems like all the armor that i want is from level like 80 to 9 to like 100 it's like up there and i know i could just sit there and grind the game but like I don't know. I just never do that with multiplayer games. And so that's the thing that always kind of, it just, you know, I don't know. And it boggles my mind. But anyways, back to the falling player count thing. I heard an interesting theory about it, which might kind of explain it a little bit more and might kind of allow people or put it in a different context for me. And maybe it's also why like 343 and Microsoft aren't necessarily quaking in their boots quite yet. Um, is basically, and I don't know if anybody's plotted this throughout the time of you know the games and all that crap being up but basically from what it seems like i heard well it seemed what a person brought up this point that you know the game especially the campaign was free on xbox game pass and so whereas i think the game costs money um on steam and so the thought process was that a lot of people moved over from steam when they initially got it on Steam because it was free on Steam over to the Game Pass because they already had a Game Pass. You know, they already had the Game Pass bought and so they got the campaign for free as opposed to paying for it on the Steam version and that's why the Steam numbers tanked so much. Now, it doesn't quite explain why the Twitch numbers tanked and some other numbers have been going down, but it, that could explain why there's been kind of like this movement of people. Plus, again, there hasn't really been that much content that they've released in like three months. If this is going to be a live active game, in my mind, you'd think that there'd at least have to be something every month to do, but they just have the little Tenrai events and we already know everything that you un unlock from that. And it's like, whatever, who cares? You know, so I heard that theory. I th like, I thought that was interesting. That sounds about... That sounds more that makes a lot more sense to me than like maybe the player player the player base is just completely falling off. But it could be. It could be just because, you know, you can't like the game is good and it's fun to play, but you have to give people something else to do. You know, and this is where I'm like, I would have focused more on vehicles. I would have focused more on maps so that you could have released a new map a month, you know, because that's only 12 maps in a year. Right. But that's an interesting thing because then people are looking forward to the new map. And then you launch the new map and then everybody's like, oh, this new map is cool or they hate the new map. But then the next new map is only a month away. Like that to me seems more interesting live service wise than like all of the other crap that people are complaining about when it comes to this game. Like, oh, man, the battle pass could give two craps about the, you know, two shits about the battle pass could care less about all the cosmetics. Do I think they need to do way better with them? Fine. Yeah, sure. Do they think they're kind of like overcharging for a lot of them? Yes. It's kind of crazy that a color of your suit is like, you know, 10, 20 bucks sometimes. Um, so that's kind of crazy, but the game's also free. So I don't know, you know, it doesn't mean that they can drag their feet on it and they expect players to stay around. But, you know, that's kind of the, the thing we're in right now. So and then before I get into it, we're going to get into the music stuff. Uh, I have a song coming out in about two weeks um, at the end endish of february it's going to be a new track i'm going to try to get onto a monthly schedule this track is a little bit more low down a little bit more bassier than things i've done before 
Um, I'm going to have a, you know, a couple more previews coming out in the next weeks that are going to kind of show off the song a little bit more. Um, uh, and the song, like the, so I released like kind of a cryptic preview video thing, um, with like visuals, uh, and that, uh, is is that song that is used for those visuals is a part of this release it's basically it's still a single but i'm going to be releasing like these little like kind of snippets and things there's going to be a lot more that i'm going to kind of try to put in my music this year uh multiple song singles different things like that i don't know if i'm actually going to try to release an album or anything i have plans for that stuff there's been things i've been throwing around but i don't know if i'm actually going to try to do that this year or not so but i wanted to just get that in here before you know we get deep in the sauce or whatever Cause you can get deep in the sauce, you know, and on the music front, you know, stuff's getting interesting, you know, it's getting interesting with all of the Spotify drama, you know, in a sense, it's interesting to see people leave the service. This is, this is a thing that I've been telling people ever forever about these streaming services. And it's a thing that clicked in my head, you know, way back when with Netflix was, you know, when they, when they started losing shows and they started having to make their own original content. Um, you know, you ran into this problem of like, oh, it's not on Netflix anymore. Where do I go stream it? Now you don't run into that problem as much because yeah, there's another streaming service you can stream on it, but now you have to go purchase that streaming service. And this was, you know, we're now, even though it is cheaper on the grand scheme, still, we are now getting back to this, uh, package deal you have to buy all these different channel things to get access to thing and i'm just the kind of person where it's like if i really really like the show really really like the movie like the music i'll buy it physically i'll have an actual physical copy if i can or try to have a digital copy if i can that I can just watch whenever the hell I want to and archive it and have it and I don't have to worry about it. And it doesn't matter if it gets pulled off a streaming service because I still have it and I can watch it, um, you know, and I think this this situation with Spotify, I mean, this wasn't happening in the music industry at all. Nobody was removing any of their music from any of the services. People were keeping things up on there because, you know, Spotify had gotten in there and then, you know, made deals with some of the big record labels and basically became a hub for them. And so they didn't really want to throw that away or anything. And so everybody kind of hopped on Spotify, kind of like everybody hopped on like the VHS and DVD when those technologies were a thing for those industries. Uh, but then with this Joe Rogan thing, I don't, I don't really think we're seeing crazy cracks form, but it's interesting to start seeing like pretty big artists leave. Now they're not like popular modern artists. Of course, you know, you got like Neil Young and, uh, and, uh, who else was it? It was, uh, there was a whole list. I had the whole list here. It was like a whole bunch of, uh, where the heck was it? I had the whole list. It's, I think Joni Mitchell was another one of them, right? Um, you know, uh, you know, Crosby, Still, Nash are not doing any of their state. They took all their stuff off. Um, there's a couple of other people that have been taking their stuff off, but it's not these, it's, you know, it's not a Taylor Swift. It's not a Drake. It's not a, you know, it's not any of these, any of those artists, any, if a modern artist um, took all of their stuff off Spotify, I think that would make waves. I don't know if any of the modern artists want to do that because they make, probably relatively all right amount of money on Spotify with the amount of streams that they're getting. Um, and you know, yeah, it's, and it's interesting, you know, we'll, I don't, we'll see, I don't really think it's going to make that crazy big of an impact. All of these people leaving Spotify, I think Spotify is still going to chill. And I also don't think Spotify wants to set the precedent of, uh, 
other people getting to dictate what other people's content is going to be on the service. Now, does that mean that I agree with Joe Rogan and his shit at all? No, absolutely not. I used to listen to Joe Rogan until he fucking got annoying because he wouldn't shut the fuck up about COVID and he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. And that's when it got annoying. And, you know, like I wasn't like an active listener of, you know, Joe Rogan. I, when he had interesting guests on, I would listen to him. When he had guests I didn't like or didn't agree with, I wouldn't listen to him. And you, you slowly saw him inviting more people that I just didn't care to listen to, you know, like, you know, I don't mind Ben Shapiro, but do I want to listen to him rant for like an hour or whatever? Not particularly, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, listening to him and Joe go back and forth about stuff or whatever. And it, again, it was just because Joe didn't really shut up about coronavirus. And I get it because it's affecting everything. And how can you not talk about it? But at the same time, like, what did you expect? And then, of course, all the, the all the N word stuff comes out and that video that was that came out of Joe Rogan saying the N word a whole bunch. That video has been around for a while. And I, I mean, it was stuff like that when I started finding out about more of that stuff, because I came into Joe Rogan like way late. I didn't I hadn't listened to any of his old stuff, any of the stuff that he did in like the old basement. I was like in that studio right before he moved to Texas. All of the episodes that were recorded in that studio. I don't know if I started at the beginning of when he got into that space or what, but it was pretty much all that space. And so it was relatively like recent Joe Rogan I was listening to until COVID pandemic happened you know and i'm just fucking throwing these around but anyways <laughs> uh you know i was listening to all those episodes so i i don't think i was really ever exposed to a lot of the crazier old school joe rogan that was just like being a crazy comedian with his friends and saying like outlandish ridiculous ass shit and probably doing the whole like oh well i have black friends so i can say the n-word kind of thing <laughs> you know because i imagine that was probably his rationale who knows but i can i can probably imagine that was his rationale um but who knows um and so i'd never listened or seen any of that stuff until you know i i you know listen to him more you start seeing and hearing things on the internet uh, and then you start looking it up and you're like, oh shit, Joe Rogan's kind of been, you know, fuck, you know, he's kind of like done some fucked up shit or said some fucked up shit, at least if not done some fucked up shit, but mostly said, I mean, it doesn't really, it doesn't seem like he's really done, but I mean, I guess saying is doing whatever, but you know, said some crazy stuff, uh, before and all that stuff coming out, just like weird, you know, very like, oh God, this is some like either, either very latent racism or you're trying to be blatant about racism that you're trying to like keep under wraps or something. Um, and so when you start hearing about that stuff and then he doesn't shut up about COVID and like all this stuff, I was very surprised that Spotify made the deal initially with him. Uh, I was very surprised. Not in, it made sense on a numbers level. It made sense on a numbers level, but I was like, it's Joe Rogan. You know, he has people like Joey Diaz on his show regularly, or he did at least. And people like freaking, um, you know, he has Alex Jones. He has, uh, what's his name? Uh, Eddie Brock. He has some, like, they're, you know, they're interesting people. They're they're off the wall. You're not going to have necessarily a bad time listening to the, those podcasts, but like, man, are they really off the wall sometimes? And I'm just surprised that a company like Spotify would want to even fraternize with anything like that. But I guess they don't care. The money's good enough or whatever the views, all the people coming to the app to listen to that stuff. But I basically stopped listening to Rogan when he got on Spotify 
prime partially because he wouldn't shut up about covid and i was kind of like disinterested in a lot of the guests that he was inviting on and also because like the spotify player is just horrible and i didn't really want to deal with that ecosystem when it comes to podcasts so i was like fuck it it's like i don't care i don't want to listen to this blah 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 um and so yeah that's interesting um and it's just like an interesting thing. I don't really, you know, we'll see. We'll see if it cha- the tides change. I would tell people, you better start backing up all your music and keeping all that stuff on hard drives and buying people's actual albums and stuff because you never know what these people... And now, if you have artists already right now using, taking their stuff off platforms as a political stance, you know, it's going to happen more. So if you want to keep the content, you should probably get it yourself, right? I don't know. Um but yeah, you know, that's, that's been a crazy, interesting thing in the, in the, in the industry, you know, and, uh, that was just something I wanted to kind of like talk about a little bit. Uh, I, you know, well, I'll talk, we'll talk about this next one a touch. Uh, I find it very interesting, uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the weekend. Um, and I like this newest album, but it was very, it was very calm kind of a lot more relaxed than I thought it was going to be. That kind of surprised me. I wasn't expecting that exactly. Um, yeah, it was, I guess in a sense it does kind of match the Dawn aesthetic, but you know, I was, you know, he was kind of talking about this, not quite as a sequel to his previous album, but in so much words kind of was alluding to there being like a, like a through line. And the, the last album was such like a, it was, it was a good energy. It was like a, you know, it was a forward moving energy. I hadn't really, you know, kind of reminded me of, uh, cause Starboy was another one of the, his albums that I really liked. Um, and so, you know, it had a lot of energy, but, uh, but this new one just kind of was very chill. It was kind of very relaxed. It was kind of, I was surprised by that. I wasn't expecting it. It was kind of, I had the same reaction to it that I had to both Donda and Certified Lover Boy, where I was like, well, especially with Certified Lover Boy, like that almost put me to sleep. Not exactly, but it was, you know, it was a dis, though at least Certified Lover Boy was more of a disappointment because it, to me, it was just, you know, this is the Drake, this is Drake, we've heard this Drake before. This is the Drake, we've heard this Drake before like a billion times. He's not talking about anything new. We're not hearing about any different perspectives. He has a kid. We don't know anything about that. Really, I mean, he talks about it a little, but like he doesn't really go into it. And he's still talking about these girls that don't want to commit and they're trying to get a law degree and they're banging them on the side to get through college or whatever the fuck. It, like it's the same goddamn story that we've heard like 50 billion times. And it's not interesting. Donda 2 or not Donda 2, Donda was at least interesting in that Kanye is willing to experiment on a lot of his songs, but I know I saw a lot of people say this, and it was kind of true, that a lot of his songs were, they were kind of just, there was no payoff to them. It was just kind of like a like a dirge of some kind, and then there wasn't really like a, we weren't going anywhere, we weren't, you know, we weren't going to a certain point and then coming back, we were just kind of on this even keel. Uh, and I do kind of agree with that. There was with both those albums, a little bit less with Dawn FM, a little bit too much self-indulgence in my opinion, like, like trim. There's like a lot of fat that needs to be trimmed on some of these albums. And I understand why the artists are releasing all these different songs. They're hoping that they get like, you know, four or five or six songs that stick as like a big single or whatever. But Sometimes when I listen through these albums, I'm just like, it seems like a kind of unnecessary amount of songs. Like we could have cut a couple of these songs out and be put them on a B-side album or just never fucking release them or whatever. And this album would have been better for it. And that was a case that I found. And it's a thing that I've been kind of finding with 
uh, several modern albums of, from big artists. And it's a little disappointing, me being fans of those artists for so long, and then this kind of stuff kind of happening. Um, but that's that's all I'll say. I need to listen to Don FM more. I probably need to listen to it not wanting to listen to The Weeknd. It might need to be an album that I do that with. I sometimes have that where I go in... I go into an album with expectations and I have to kind of come back and revisit it and not, not wanting that album to be anything. And then I actually end up liking the album for what it was instead of what I thought it was going to be or whatever. So, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but yeah. And then last, the last and not least, you know, uh, thing I kind of want to talk about is, uh, we're going to do, we're going to do the segment. It is a segment, what segment? It's called Slept On. It's stuff that I've slept on. I was not awake, did not see it. Now I'm seeing it or hearing it or reading it or whatever. And so, and, you know, going through that whole entire thing, you know, uh, let's see, let's, 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 let's pull this up. Okay. So. You know, I, like I said earlier, I tend to not follow the crowd. I do follow the crowd a lot of the time, but I also tend to not like to follow the crowd. Think to, I like to think a lot of the shit that the crowd is talking about or likes is stupid or just not as interesting as everybody's making it out to be. Um, and so that mentality has just always been a thing with me since I've been a little kid. And I think because of that, I then, as I've grown older, have trained myself to not, um, like, to not uh, watch anything or hear, listen to anything. I don't like to engage with anything until it's completed, until it's done, until it's over. That's why I don't watch series until they're over. Um, it's very rare that I watch a show while it's going on just because I find that I get disappointed by the endings of shows more often than not. And I feel like I wasted all that time watching that show if the ending's not good, in my personal opinion. There's not a lot of shows where the rest of the show kind of made up for a really bad ending, especially if it's a storyline that's trying to get somewhere. If it's like a... A, you know, monster of the week style situation, then I kind of forgive that a lot more because then I can watch a lot more of the episodes and it doesn't matter if the ending was kind of like a nothing burger. So one of the things I've slept on uh, was uh, the righteous gemstones. I remember seeing this one originally, like when before it even came out, um, you know, in 2019, I remember seeing uh, trailers for it and thinking, wow, what a brilliant combo. I was curious what any of the workaholics guys were going to do afterwards because I had seen them, you know, they, I'd seen them pop up here and there with a whole bunch of different people, but, uh, you know, doing little things here and there, but I never, you know, I was curious because they were all, they were such dynamos. They were such interesting characters and they were and the, the writing and that whole entire show was just hilarious. And so I, I was very curious are they going to do anything more together? Are they going to do, you know, what's the deal? And then seeing boom, righteous gemstones, you know, you got Adam divine. He's in it. You know, Danny McBride, you got freaking uh, John Goodman, like, come on. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tour de force. You got so many good people, you know, uh, just like crazy people that are like killing it. You know, people that I don't even know, like some of the actresses that I was not, I've seen them before, but I wasn't really like uh, super big fans of them and all their characters have been crazy. Like it's just, the show really caught me off guard. Um, and what surprises me about the show is that the show has a lot of like very heartfelt moments, um, which surprised me because 
I guess maybe I was expecting more of a comedy. And I know comedies kind of ride that line sometimes between comedy and heartfelt. But it just, I was surprised. It One, it had a lot of heartfelt moments. And then two, it also had a lot of very like tragic or like very like uh, intense moments. Like some of the fights where like, you, this isn't funny. Like this isn't supposed to be funny. This is supposed to be like, oh no, this is like a fucked up family dinner. Or oh no, this is like a fucked up situation. And you're like, oh, okay. And like some parts that actually like got me where I was like, oh wow, I can't believe like this is like a comedy show, but I'm like kind of, like crying almost or like you know like feeling like emotion like oh man and like some of the ways that the show has gone I'm not I'm not completely done with season one but it has surprised me because I've expected it to go a certain way and then it kind of slightly deviated or like interesting character developments already like they didn't do a thing that a lot of shows do where I feel like they they set up this very interesting like dynamic of like oh my god this one character is betraying this other character or whatever the heck it is and then they drag that out for the entire show for so long and it just and you know by like season three or four you're like i'm over it and one of these people would have figured this out by now it's been like a year like nobody does this and i mean that stuff happens in real life all the time whatever but like it just i sometimes get tired of that stuff but this show has really kind of played with my expectations in that way where they're like oh we're gonna set up all of this story and then we're gonna kind of knock it down um somebody in one of the uh i think it was in one of the uh threads for the show one of the threads on reddit or like a comment thread forum thread that i was reading somebody compared it to like a coen brothers movie and i i agree it definitely has that kind of vibe like kind of like very um almost like surreal at times like a uh, uh, order of events that collide like you can't believe that this person you know ended up doing this with this but you know it's like a kind of like a domino effect of stuff and then you're like oh my god all this you know and that stuff's brilliant with that show and that's why i think you know, the, just the writing and then, you know, and the interaction between all the characters. None of it feels artificial. They feel like a family. It feels it feels very involved. A lot of the considerations that they took with the show are very interesting, even the funny ones. Uh, and I think it's an interesting story of like uh, kind of, you know, the this patriarchy, this very old school kind of like fucked up patriarchy, like crumbling. Um, and it's not and it's not. And it's trying and it's these groups of people in this family are trying to hold it together, but they can't. And, you know, maybe it's an allegory for our modern times, but I don't know. I just, you know, that's a show that I've been watching recently. I fell in love with it. You know, you should definitely watch. It. I imagine if you haven't already watched it, you probably have already watched it. But that's what Slept On is about is it's about all the people that haven't watched it yet. You should watch it. I'm watching it. I wish I had watched it before. And that is Slept On. And that is this is um the bottom fidelity podcast this was a great i had blast last second episode um you know this is going to be kind of the thing you know i'm going to be kind of keeping it within keeping it within subjects but kind of doing a whole bunch of different stuff you know you can send uh questions you can send subjects you can send whatever to uh, no clean music all one word at gmail.com that's no clean music at gmail.com um and i'll try to answer those do whatever uh and that's also where you can get at me about any of my music stuff when it comes to no clean you know i'm not really touring right now just because i don't know if i really have the capacity to do that but i want to that's the plan so if i can get enough bubbling up in your city or whatever we can you know we can go from there but 
I hope you like this, and there's gonna be more. You know, there's always gonna be more. I'm gonna be doing. I've, I've been meaning to do a podcast, but I love podcasts, so I'm kind of gonna try to do this even just as a. It's, it's almost just kind of like a fun thing. You know, I already, I already talk to myself enough as is when I buy myself. Probably because I'm an only child and little psycho, but <laughs> but I do that anyway. So I'm like, why not just you know throw a microphone in front of it? So, but yeah, I hope you guys have a good week, and I will see you next time. That's it. Uh, I'll see you next time.